Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Board Games FM, your daily dose of tabletop gaming discussion on Anchor. Now, welcome your hosts, Jeremiah Isley, Scott Firestone, and AJ Skipstad. This one is fresh off the game table. It's time for more board game buzz as Board Games FM gives you a first impression of the latest games to hit our table. You can be more than just a listener. If you're listening via the Anchor app, you can be a part of the discussion by using the voice message feature. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Download the app and join the conversation today. Thanks for joining us today. Board Games FM is powered by TheologyofGames.com. Don't forget to head over to TheologyofGames.com to check out all we have to offer, including written reviews, our YouTube channel, and two other podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening, and go put a game on the table. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. I'm AJ Skifstad, and we got a lot of good stuff coming at you today. Uh, One of the things we're going to do is talk about Plan B Games. Plan B Games is a company that's kind of emerged within the last couple years, and they have a lot of awesome stuff that is just kind of booming in the hobby industry, right? The hobby gaming industry right now. So we want to talk about them for a little bit today. But before we get into that, uh, we're going to talk about what we either played over this weekend or uh, last night was was Monday night, which a lot of your game groups meet then. So we're going to talk about that before we get into some of our stuff later today. But um, last night, I had a buddy over. We usually have several guys come over and we play some games, but only one person could make it last night. So we didn't actually play two-player games. We played games that can play three, four, five, or six players, but we only played them with two players, just me and him. And one of those games was called Compounded by Dice Hate Me. Now, Compounded's a pretty neat little game. Um, Your scoring track is the periodic table of elements, and your scientist in a lab trying to take elements and create these compounds. Now, the compounds are out in a tableau on the board, and each round, depending on your abilities, you're allowed to grab certain elements from the bag, depending on how far you are on that track. Um, so you start out with two, you can pull two, and as you go up on that track, you can grab more. Then the next thing is you're allowed to study a compound out in the tableau of, of compounds. And uh, to do that, you can study. You can start by studying one element, but as you go up on that track, you can study more, which is laying claim to those compounds, saying, I'm going to complete those throughout the next several rounds. Then the next phase is actually seeding those compounds that you've laid claim to with the elements that you drew from the bag. Now, you're only allowed to put so many of those elements out, depending on how far you are on that track. And so at the beginning of the game, you can only put two out. Um, So you're going to start to complete those compounds and put the elements out that you need. And there's one more track that I'm not going to talk about, but 
Uh, basically, what you want to do is complete those compounds. Upon the completion of those compounds, you get victory points, and sometimes you get little bonus tokens that help enhance your gameplay and make it run a little smoother. And um, it's a really cool little game. Uh, you play to 50 points. There's a couple other end game conditions. It's not a long game at all, but it's really, really fun. A little bit of resource management going on, and you kind of have to... Uh, you kind of have to balance your advancement, what tracks you go up on, because if you don't go up on one track, it's going to really hinder what you do with all the other stuff that you're doing on the other tracks. So you want to make sure that you're going up on all the tracks and managing your development of your, your laboratory. Really cool game, had a lot of fun playing Compounded. Another game we also got to the table was Stone Age. Stone Age was a game released in 2011, and uh, it's a worker placement game originally released by Rio Grande Games, went out of print when they lost the license on it and uh, went out of print for a long time. People wanted this game, were paying buku, buku bucks for it. And um, all of a sudden it came back into print when Z-Man picked it up and people bought it so quickly because they had been waiting for it that it went out of print again right away. Now, the game is finally back in print. I think you can pick it up pretty easily now, but it's a pretty hot little worker placement game. People love this game because it's a great entry-level worker placement that plays really well. Even people who are heavier gamers will still sit down and play this one because they know the system, they know how to work it, and when you're playing with other gamers who know how to work the system of Stone Age, it's really fun because you know you're battling people who are really good at this game. It's a good solid worker placement game had a lot of fun playing this one last night had a lot of fun playing compounded we want to hear what you've been playing but also stay tuned we got a little bit more coming at you today from plan b games talking about that a little bit and some other good stuff so stay tuned and as always check us out at theologyofgames.com check you later Hey everybody, welcome back to Board Games FM. As promised, I'm going to be talking about some Plan B games today because they are a really uh, hot game designer right now. A lot of their games are hitting real well with uh, the hobby gaming society and industry, and people are loving their games. One of their latest and greatest right now is a game called Azul. It's a little abstract game where basically uh, you're trying to create this tapestry of colored tiles for a Moorish king during the time when the Moors were in Spain. And um, basically the, the theme does not matter. The gameplay is what matters. So you've got this five by five grid with five different color tiles in the grid. Um, so you have five different types of five different color tiles, 25 tiles total to create your five by five grid. Next to that grid, uh, starting with the bottom row next to the grid, you're gonna have a row of five temporary placements for tile. Above that, four temporary placements for tiles. Above that, three temporary placements for tiles, then two, then one. So it looks like stairs going up. These correspond with the rows that your temporary tiles will go into when it's time to actually place them. This is the hardest thing to try and imagine uh, in, a, in a gaming podcast. So if you don't get it, just take a look at the board, go online and take a look at a picture or something. In any case, what you're going to be doing is you're going to be drafting these tiles from circular disc around the board. They're seated each round and you take all of the color of one type and you will put it on one of the rows for temporary tiles. So if you put it on your top row, that only has a space for one. So if you put a blue tile in that top row, that row is complete. 
If you go to the bottom row, which has five temporary placements, you will not complete that until you have five of the same color in that row. At the end of the round, any row that you've completed of your five rows, well, you will get to deploy one tile into the actual tapestry with each one corresponding to the row that it goes in. So if that bottom row is full of five black tiles, you can take one of those black tiles and put it in the bottom row of your tile of tapestry or your tapestry of tiles. Now, the way it scores is you'll get one point for putting that tile in unless there's a tile adjacent to it. If there's a tile adjacent to it, um, you will score everything in the row again. If there's a tile adjacent to it in the column, you'll score everything in the column again. Okay, the goal is to fill up as much of this uh, tapestry as you can by the end of the game, um, and you get some bonus points at the end of the game as well. If you have a column complete, for every column you have complete, you get seven points. For every, uh, there's, like I said, there's five of each color in the, in the uh, tapestry itself. For every set of five colors that you have, um, excuse me, not set. For every five colors that are the same that you have, you get an extra 10 points. And then for every row you complete, you get two points. Now, completing a row also uh, indicates game end because rows are a lot harder to complete in this than columns are. You'll complete many more columns than you will row. And that's because of the way that the tiles come into the board. They actually come into the board from the side, like I said, in the row. Um, so once you complete a row, the game ends. There's going to be some other scoring things that happen. There's going to be some negative points that are taken. There's some things that I didn't talk about. In any case, you get the general idea of the game. It's abstract, but it's cool. It's pretty to look at. They use these marbly uh, kind of tiles that are really shiny, and, and it's just, it's a really nice game. It's pretty to look at. It's fun to play. So if you haven't checked out Azul yet, Check it out by, by Plan B Games. It's one of their, like I said, latest and greatest right now. And it's very cheap to pick up. You can get it for almost like 30 bucks on Amazon or at your friendly local game store. Uh, check out Azul. More to come on Plan B Games later today. What they've got that's going to be released in the next couple months here. And also, I believe we're going to be talking about what got them started, which was Century Spice Road. We'll talk about all the good, the bad, and the ugly with that. But it's mostly good. Stay tuned. Check you later. All right, here we are back talking about Plan B Games, and I'm going to talk about the game that is coming out that I am so excited about. It is called Century Spice Road Eastern Wonders. I think this game is going to kick Century Spice Road's butt. I am so excited about it. It's for pre-order right now. I'm hoping it's going to be at Origins because I will definitely pick up a copy. No questions asked. This game is going to be awesome. Okay, Century Spice was called the Splendor Killer. This is going to be the Century Spice Killer because this is cool. You're going to place a board out and it's going to be hexagonal tiles that are islands basically. And you put them together on the four corners of the island that, or the big uh, board you're creating are going to be the places where you can score victory points. The tiles that are the islands are going to take the place of the cards from the original game. You're going to take your little ship and you're going to go from island to island doing the action of the tile, which is draft cubes, okay? <clears throat> so, but if you want to go two spaces to get to an island that has the cubes you want, you're going to have to leave some cubes behind at the islands that you pass through. So maybe you better just go to an adjacent island so that you don't have to leave cubes behind because any cubes you leave behind can be picked up by other players who end their turn on that space or that island. 
Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about it already. Moving these ships around to pick up the cubes. Once you've got the cubes in your storage area, you can then go to one of the four corners and you can pick up one of the victory point tiles. Now, all the victory point tiles are equal and they're the same. You don't get bonuses for going to a certain island like you do in Century Spice where you get some gold bonuses for, for picking up a certain one. There's none of that and that's okay because there's other stuff going on on your player board. You've got a player board with four columns, one, two, three, and four. Each column also corresponds with the color of an island. When you go to a certain island and take something, you can also place a market there. When you place a market there, from now on, um, excuse me, from now on, anytime a player goes to, a, to an island with your market, they're also going to have to give you something. I think in most cases, it's a cube. Uh, once you get rid of a whole column of markets, you get to gain a bonus tile. So like I said, there's four columns. Once you get rid of one column of your markets, you get to gain a bonus tile. The bonus tile might be increased storage space for your cubes. It might be some sort of bonus action that only you get. This is going to send this game over the edge. I am so excited about Century Spice Road Eastern Wonders. It's coming out soon. You can get it for pre-order now. Go ahead and place that pre-order if you're excited about this. I am thrilled about it. Check out Century Spice Road Eastern Wonders by Plan B Games. It's coming out soon. I'm hoping it's going to be at Origins. That's it for now. I can't tell you how excited I am. Check you later. Hey everyone, Jeremiah here and wanted to add to AJ's Plan B discussion and super excited about the new Century game coming out. I know that series is supposed to be a trilogy of games, so cool to see the next one coming out and I'm sure we'll see the third one probably sometime later this year or early, <laughs> early next year. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't played Century Spice Road, a lot of folks dub it the Splendor Killer. If you haven't played Sp Splendor, Splendor is basically an engine building game. You mine for uh, toke for gems, and then you use those gems to buy cards that you put in front of you. You build a little tableau. Those cards forever generate the certain gems that are on them, and you continue to build up your tableau until you finally win the game. Um, uh, Century Spice Road works a little bit differently. You are trading spices, and your cards actually stay in your hand until you play them. And there's some timing about how you want to play them and combo them up and things like that. Uh, and then the whole mechanism with the spices is you can actually trade them up to get, you know, through the different colors, they have higher and higher and higher value. So it's a little bit different, uh, but the same... I think there's room for both of them. I don't know that Century Spice Road necessarily kills Splendor, but it definitely is in that same vein. It's, it plays really well. And it's a lot of fun. I say my biggest knock on both of the games, if I had to you know, point out something that maybe isn't the best about them, is that they're very uninteractive. Uh, it's really easy to be um, sort of playing on your own and not really worrying about what the other players are doing. Sometimes there's a card that gets snagged up that you really wanted and you didn't get it because the player before you got it. But other than that, there's really not a lot of interaction. Um, I enjoy both of the games. I think they're, they're both fine, but 
I really appreciate games that have high amounts of player interaction and would probably lean towards something like that. But I have both of the games in my collection, both Splendor and Century Spice Road. So um, they definitely have their place. And I think Splendor's probably an easier like gateway game to this type of game you can get somebody to play it it's easy to teach easy to learn my boys love it they play it all the time uh but i think century spice road probably has a few more wrinkles and a little more strategy to it and so it's it probably edges out splendor in some ways but they're both fine fine games all right stay tuned we got more coming at you here on board games fm powered by theology of games Hey everyone, Jeremiah here. Before we get started on all these cool conversations we've got coming up about Plan B games and other such things happening, wanted to once again remind you about our Indiegogo campaign. If you're a designer or somebody that's launching a Kickstarter this year or a publisher and you want to find some cool partnership opportunities here at Board Games FM and on our main site, theologyofgames.com, You can head over to Indiegogo and look for us there um, or look in the show notes here. I'll put a link in it for you. And you can check out our Indiegogo campaign. We've got some cool opportunities, some banner space, um, some advertising opportunities here within the show, all kinds of cool stuff there. If you're a listener and you want to contribute even just a dollar, we would love that as well. If you can't contribute financially, we understand totally. There's no pressure at all, but we would love it if you shared the campaign and our mission with all of your friends via social media in some way or another. So thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for making Board Games FM the show that it is because we We love it and we love doing this and we're so glad that folks are tuning in daily to hear us. And with that, I'm going to get out of the way so we can continue on with today's show. Thanks for tuning in, folks.